The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. David Johnson, no longer my co-host. He has branched out. He's going to have his own podcast starting tomorrow, Friday. But this is a Thursday, and Talk of Champions rolls on. That means that the rotating round of co-hosts begins. And the very first co-host to sit in the chair is Bunky Perkins. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. I'm very honored to be here as the, the the first of many, I'm sure. You take that sarcasm and you get the hell out of here. <laughs> you get out. Two guests today on Talk of Champions. Chuck Ronswell is going to come on and give the spring football practice report. And he also caught up with former Ole Miss defensive end Wayne Dorsey, who's coaching in Baltimore, his hometown of Baltimore, Maryland. The podcast brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. The car buying process can be overwhelming. Believe me, I've been there, like recently. <laughs> You're just looking to get the best deal anyway, right? If that's the case, and to avoid the headache, head on over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans, so they'll probably want to talk some Ole Miss basketball, baseball, spring football practices, but more importantly, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible and make sure you get what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. So Wayne coming up in a little bit. Chuck Ronsville here shortly. But first, Bunky, what's up, man? What are you doing? Not a whole lot. Just uh, kind of licking my wounds from the uh, Tennessee game last night, which uh, – Honestly, uh, was probably much closer than the talent disparity probably would uh, uh, usually uh, result in. But uh, you know, a good game, a, a good a good prep for us for uh, uh, the postseason. Kermit Davis, your coach of the year in the SEC. It's either him or Will Wade, and I think it's got to be Kermit because at least LSU had some expectations. Like and one, had- one isn't getting brought in for an FBI investigation. Well, that's true. That's true. What? But give it time. You know, we're old Miss. Just give us a little time. Um, 
but yeah, like we had no expectations. And I'll tell you the game that should seal it. And it's the ugliest game. Maybe we played all year, but we won it was the game at Auburn. So like that game, we had no chance of winning if, but for the, uh, game plan that Kermit basically wanted him to instill, which was basically run the clock out, try to get a good shot through offense, and then basically defend the three-point line against Auburn and make it an ugly game. The most and, Rod Barnes game plan ever. Right, but like he knew that's what he had to do in that yeah. game. Like He, he couldn't – they're not going to outscore Auburn at Auburn. They didn't have Blake uh, Kinson, TDs in foul trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. They didn't have a, uh, uh, a full roster that night. I mean, they, they play, they rotate basically seven guys anyway. And so, uh, I mean, that just goes to show that whenever he's able to recruit and actually get some guys in, uh, especially, uh, on the back line there, uh, I'm excited to kind of see how, cause he can, he can coach like, that's not a question. It shouldn't be. So, is the uh, Auburn yeah. game the game that you always hang in the you know just sit on the edge of your seat waiting for the final result, hoping Ole Miss wins over Auburn in basketball just because you know it's coming, meaning the gift with Marshall and all that. That, and, but then last night, you know, you got to get the uh, the smiling Tennessee fan from that game, the football game where we beat them like thirty five to three. Uh, that's always a good gift as well. That's that that runs. Second to Marshall, of course. I so. always wonder what was going through that dude's brain. Like, did he? How could you not know? Okay, if he didn't know that the the camera was on him, what was he thinking? If he did know the camera was on him, what was he thinking? And in both of those scenarios, I can never put my myself in his brain. I mean, he was he was. I think alcohol had a lot to do with that. So uh, I, I think if you look at it, and that's the, that's a glazed over look of a man that spent too much time in the grove during the day. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if a whole lot was going through his mind. See, but yeah, I he's, think, see I, it looked to me like he was trying to like eye some girl across the field. Like he saw one, he was like in his drunken stupor thinking to himself, yeah, what's up? That's what that's I possible. Saying. That's possible. They did have kind of a what's up, what's up girl look to him. So maybe that's what it was. Ole Miss loses to Tennessee. They're going to still make the NCAA tournament if they win one of their final three games, most likely. If they win two, it's 100% done. They could have punched their ticket just by beating Tennessee last night, no matter what they did the rest of the regular season. Terrence Davis had a disrespectful dunk. It was just nasty. And he did it over number 35, whose name I don't want to butcher, so I won't do it. But he did it over number 35, which brought immediately to my brain the most disrespectful shots in Ole Miss basketball history. Terrence Davis's is up there. My number one would have to be Chris Warren, his dagger against Kentucky. Maybe Clarence Sanders when he beat LSU coming off of a Brian Smith assist. What is the most disrespectful <laughs> basketball shot you've ever seen for Ole Miss? I, the only one I could think of that's not on your list would be the Keith Carter duck against Kentucky. Uh, Keith, 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 while a very nice guy could be very disrespectful on the basketball court. And, uh, that was, uh, that was one of the more disrespectful dunks I've ever seen. See, here's the thing. When all that nonsense in regards to the charity game with Ole Miss and Mississippi state media was going down, first of all, they set it up without any of us knowing and just said, Hey, we're doing this now. Y'all got to show up. They didn't consult us in any way. I was down for whatever, but I don't want to share the court with certain people. I'm not going to get into all this, but they didn't think to themselves that Keith Carter was going to potentially play. And if Keith played, it was going to be embarrassing. Why would you want to do that? 
Well, Pete yeah, Carter. if you're going to do that, yeah. you got to bring the ringers in. Like, if, yeah. you, if you guys want to be that way, we will be that way. So uh, bring in all the ringers. Keith Carter is the ringer of all ringers, though. Keith Carter yeah. looks like the most unassuming person in the world. And when you talk to him, nicest guy, couldn't come any nicer than Keith Carter. Gets on a basketball court, so much disrespect. He, he is very disrespectful. And that, that dunk would be the, the one, other than the, the ones you mentioned, uh, that I would say would be the most disrespectful, which, which I would think leads us to, to the topic I wanted to discuss today, uh, which is, so this is a slight humble brag. Not really, but I mean, kind of. Okay, so the SEC Network reached out to me last week. See, that's just your life in a nutshell is humble bragging. When, in saying you're not humble bragging, meaning you're humble bragging. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I, if I say it, at the beginning, at least, you know, the humility doesn't completely wash over everybody. Uh, but they, they hit me up last week and asked me, apparently they're doing something this summer where uh, I don't know if it's like a bumper in between games. Like what, that, what that means is like a, a uh, vignette or a commercial type deal in between programs uh, or during commercial breaks. Uh, they're just like a minute long and they're team centric. And basically the question posed to me was, hey, come up with some instances like single instances that wouldn't be more than like a minute long or just a, a couple seconds long of something funny or crazy or just amazing that happened in Ole Miss athletics. So, and, and in a positive light. So that means Bryce drew fourth and 25 off the table. So I, I, I compiled a list. And I want to run through a couple of them and, and remember, I think, I was not an Ole Miss fan until like the late nineties. So if why, you're going why was back, that? what did you do? Were well, you Arkansas Louisiana. guy? Yeah, no, I grew up in Louisiana. Right. So That's I was right. an LSU guy. Yeah. Um, and so, like before like 1997, I don't really have much of a basis. So like the the Egg Bowl uh, wind aided kick, uh, Ole Miss beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa with the trap play with a fullback stuff like that. I. I really – or like the stand and like the 92 Egg Bowl, uh, stuff I didn't really know. What, what turned you, you though? I, I'm fascinated by this. What turned you in 1997? I just didn't want – I went to Ole Miss. And so I, oh, I that's was – okay. Yeah, I was in school. So that, that's kind of – that's that's when uh, it all went downhill for me. That's the that's the that's where I can point to. So like some of the – there are a lot of obvious ones, but then there are some that I just kind of picked out that I remember that maybe nobody else does. Uh, so like the first one that I remember, like the first like, oh my gosh, Ole Miss moment that I remember was 1997, Ole Miss Central Florida. Okay, and that, that may be like a really weird one to pick. I just remember we didn't play a very good game. And Dante Culpepper was the UCF quarterback. I was there. Uh, and so was I. And so went to overtime. I think it was like 17-17. They went to overtime. Ole Miss scores. Okay. So uh, this is the old um, overtime rule. So like you don't – it wasn't where you had to go for two after I think the second or third overtime, whatever it is. But so UCF gets the ball. They score. They go for two and the win, right? And so they score. They If they get the two-point conversion, they win the game. Dante Culpepper in shotgun, literally the gates open wide. They run a quarterback uh, draw, and he could have done cartwheels into the end zone, and nobody would have touched him. And he tripped on his own two feet at like the two and fell at the one. 
Ole Miss wins the game. My dad was already turned and walking out of the stadium when it happened. I was standing there watching. My dad was a notorious leave the game early guy. And I'm watching, like, just because he would be mad, not because of anything else. He just would leave angry, thinking, oh, Ole Miss screwed up again. I'm leaving. And he was out the door. And he tried to celebrate this win after Dante Culpepper tripped and fell over his own two feet. And everyone around our little section there involved Hemingway looked at my dad and was like, no, nah, bro, you got to go. Like, you can't, you can't enjoy this. <laughs> Like you can't be a part of this. This insanity. And I think I think the SEC Network's actually going to use that one because they'd never heard that one before. Like I would list a bunch of them that they already knew, but they sent me an email back going like, "I've never heard of that one." I was like, "You got to go find the tape. They have tape from like every old every game since like mid '80s, maybe." Um, and so I was like, "You got to go find that one because that was just random and crazy and involves somebody semi-famous, not the Culpepper." So well, see, like uh, the 1996 Motor City Bowl. And that was either Christmas Eve or Christmas. I can't remember. I was younger when it, when it happened, but I was there. And the very first play for Marshall, first or second play, it was a bomb to Randy Moss. And it was not Tim Strickland, which I thought was for like 10 years, the guy that got burned by Randy Moss. It was the other corner whose name I always forget. And that play, everyone thought, oh, God, here it goes. Like Randy Moss is about to destroy life in and of itself. And then Ole Miss defensively stepped up and stopped him. That would be one. And another one at least that sticks out of my mind pretty heavily, is Corey Peterson's punt return against SMU. Yeah. Or the uh, Corey Peterson was a catch egg bowl, maybe? Yeah, of course. It's a 15 yeah. to 14 yeah. two-point conversion. Because in that play, the now head coach of your Ole Miss Rebels, Matt Luke, on a messed up hurt knee, leg sweeps the massive defensive tackle for Mississippi State. Had he not done that, Stuart Patrick would have gotten obliterated before he even let that ball go. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's what I say. Well, yeah, so, I, mean, I, think, I think Ole Miss has already proven that. Yeah. So, okay, I've got a couple more obvious ones. And, and this goes across. It's not just football. It goes across everything. So uh, the uh, Arkansas catcher Brian Walker fakes getting hit and then proceeds to strike out and get tossed. That's always a great video that if you haven't the, seen that one. The, that's the, one of the greatest hill moves you'll ever see in college baseball. It's beautiful. It, he sold it, it really beautiful. well. I mean, he was like he was selling as well as Ric Flair sells, or maybe like The Rock selling a stunner from Stone Cold. Yeah, and like I appreciate that he took it to the end. Like he could have just let it go after they didn't give him the hit. Like he struck out and proceeded to berate the umpire, which – I mean, if you're going to go all in, that's the way to do it. So I appreciate that one. That was a great video. If, if I said to you, if I said, um, Bunky, draw what you think an Arkansas baseball player looks like, it would be that dude. I think so. I think so. Um, another baseball one I had was Auburn Ole Miss 2014, which would be the Austin Anderson uh, uh, when they tried to intentional walk in bases loaded, uh, 13th inning home run to win it. It wasn't bases loaded, it was three-run homer. Also a great video if you haven't seen it. Um, let's see. The I want to think of the re- basketball one. God, what is the good basketball one? I've got some good basketball ones. So yeah. uh, the other baseball one I had was the relay throw for the, at the Super Regional at uh, Louisiana Lafayette. That was that was another baseball one I had. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss basketball, you mentioned the Clarence Sanders shot. I had that one in there. Brian Smith assisted. Now, Brian Smith and I were in school together at the time, in class together. We were both journalism majors. Became a good buddy of mine. I love Brian Smith to death. But Brian Smith assisting Clarence Sanders to beat LSU, who had Glenn Big Baby Davis, is absurd, even to this day. Yeah. Uh, then I've got, obviously, the Marshall Henderson jersey pop game. That that goes without saying. Um, the Ole Miss Vandy game, where Marshall hits the uh, really long three to tie it. 
then he goes nuts in overtime and they win uh, by a couple, I think. That was another good one. Uh, another basketball one, Derek Millinghouse. Shout out Millinghouse. Yes. Uh, who didn't play a whole lot, but then hit a game winner against Mizzou. Yes. In the tournament that they ended up winning. 2013. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just who you want shooting the ball. But does um, that Derek Millinghouse shot get negated? by the same shot that he missed against LaSalle that would have sent him to L.A. for the Sweet 16? Uh, I mean, take the good with the bad, I guess. <laughs> he, uh, he, everything that was coming up Millinghouse. So some, sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Derek Millinghouse. Um, those, were, those were the basketball ones. You know, another – and it wasn't like a single um, instance, so I didn't put it in there, was – it's just memorable to me was – uh, the Mississippi State, I forget the year, uh, the Mississippi State Ole Miss basketball game where Anthony Boone had had surgery, knee surgery. Yes. And came back and played within like, I don't even remember, five days, six days, and ha- had a great game. And was just, I've, I've never heard that rickety old pile of junk uh, arena louder than that, that game. I remember that one uh, significantly. So, some other ones I had, um, the Ole Miss Vandy. There's a lot of Ole Miss Vandy in here because that game's just oh, – it's always so stupid. Why? I don't uh, understand it. It's so – like I remember the Jonathan Nichols, I think, 54-yard field goal or something. It's like 51, I think it was. 51 yeah. yards. So you've got you've got the, the one shining moment of the uh, – Ed Orgeron, Hugh Freeze, uh, coached era oh, with with the McCluster Fluster uh, against Vandy. Uh, <laughs> then you've got the Jeff Scott run uh, at Vandy, which was an insane ending. To, that whole game was hilariously insane. Um, he wasn't down. Uh, I mean, I, I watched that. Yeah, er, er, like I've looked at that review so many times at this point. Yeah, he wasn't down. He was never down. Like it never even closed. I don't know why Vanderbilt just stopped. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've got a couple more football. Ole Miss, Arkansas, 2007. Not significant for the score because Ole Miss lost 44 to 8. Simply significant because that was the daytime fireworks game. Oh, God. David Brandt, yeah. our, my, my good buddy, your good buddy, David Brandt, um, named his blog at the time from the Clarion Ledger daytime fireworks because of that. As, as well, it should have been. And if you remember, uh, not I think only I named a we... podcast on Rebel Sports Radio daytime fireworks based solely on that. Like there were so many things that were surrounding that game. You had daytime fireworks. By the way, the pyro knocked out the electricity to the stadium. Uh, and, and that was the old had, box jumbotron too. Correct. And you had Houston Nutt on the other sideline beating the brakes off of Ole Miss 44 day. That's when they had uh, Jones and McFadden. So uh, uh, those were the, those were the dark lean times. Uh, 2009 Ole Miss LSU. That of course is the uh, Les Miles clock game. Uh, Dexter McCluster to Shea Hodge, uh, which is like if you were going to explain Houston Nut coached football to someone, I think the play you would show is Dexter McCluster to Shea Hodge. Like this is Houston Nut in a nutshell. Not a conventional offense. Uh, the quarterback would never throw to the 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 all-time yardage leader prior to obviously our, our current leader, but at the time, Shea Hodge. You have Dexter McCluster throw. That's the biggest game of the year. So uh, that's a very very Houston nut play. I think the most Houston um, nut decision though was Zach Stout starting quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those, but 
like a single play. It was like, like if I showed that play to somebody, I was like, who do you think called that play? <laughs> Houston, not your answer. I mean, <laughs> nine times out of 10. Um, okay. Ole Miss Bama, obviously, um, uh, a couple, uh, you know, the obvious one, this thing was Golston, uh, Golston interception. Uh, then you have 07 Ole Miss Bama, uh, which Ole Miss had no business being in. Uh, and Shea Hodge, uh, caught a ball that was later ruled incomplete with seven seconds left. Uh, the most significant part of that game beyond that uh, uh, erroneous call would be that a young lady took umbrage with said call and threw uh, her red pump into the end zone. Yeah, and then last uh, night, Ole Miss fans get upset because Ole Miss loses to Tennessee and starts throwing stuff on the court. It's like Ole Miss trying to become the school that's known as if they don't get their way, they're going to start throwing stuff on the court. But the that's court. such a rookie move. Like, like no, that, no, don't do that. that. That's an inexperienced move. Like the, the throwing the high heel in the end zone, I respect that. Yes, that's, that's perfect. That's bougie as hell and just, you know, typical. That That is perfect oldness. Yeah. Like throwing trash. Come on. Come on. Gosh. No, I will I, say, I, I mean, Kermit acknowledged after the game, he said, after the charge call against Devontae Shuler, he, in, in the heat of the moment, moment competitiveness, took his jack off, jacket off and threw it and potentially incited the crowd. But still, even then, come on. Well, you, you know what incited it, not the jacket. It was the fact that he was drenched in sweat. I love that our coach – is now one of the sweatiest boys in the NCAA. <laughs> Kermit, gets, I, like, I didn't realize it, but like Kermit started wearing blue shirts. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, holy cow, Kirby, let's get an undershirt, buddy. Well, uh, it, 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 if you, you know that Pat Adams is bad when Kermit Davis gets to the point of throwing his jacket towards his bench. You know Pat Adams and his crew did a bad job when Kermit Davis – I mean, he's a fiery guy as Kermit, but even still – Getting to that point, it takes something special, and yeah. Pat Adams has a reputation. Yeah, uh, just a couple more. I've got uh, some of the obvious ones. God, Ole you Miss did Bama. some work on this, man. I did. I did. I was just uh, Ole Miss Bama, uh, Quincy Adebayo, uh, the catch, obviously the tip catch. Uh, Ole Miss Florida, um, Florida won the national championship that year. Our boy Control Lockett uh, blocks the extra point. Uh, Sugar Bowl sixteen. Larry Tunsil throwback, uh, 2005 Ole Miss LSU, the Patrick Willis tackle. Uh, In the 2016 2000- Sugar Bowl, not vacated, vindication from Brooklyn no, Nine-Nine. I, it, it was on YouTube. It still exists. It, so it, was, not, yeah. it was not vacated. It was no. one of the – yeah, it was kept. Um, one of, one of the, another random one that I, I was there for, and I remember it just being one of the loudest stadium experiences I've ever sat through was 2009 Ole Miss, Arkansas, where Deuce McAllister returns the opening kick. Yeah. Was it 2009? Maybe I got my date. No, wrong. it's not 2009. If it's Deuce, no, no. What year was that? Was it 99? 99. It would be 99, 2000, 2001, that area. Yeah. That I've range. got my date wrong, but but when he returned that kick, like the floodgates opened. I think they won that game like thirty some odd to something. It was it was a blowout. What about and three to nothing win over Memphis? I was there for that. God, I should have put them, but that wasn't a singular moment. If they'd have gotten a picture of me sitting in those stands dying, that'd have been the singular singular moment because it was hot as hell and a field goal. God, I remember that. That was that was that should have been our first sign. See if right Travis there. Johnson's Interception. If Ole Miss had won against LSU and gone to the SEC championship game with Eli, that Travis Johnson interception would be like top of this list. Yeah. Um, I've never heard the stadium louder than that. That's true. That's true. That was a very loud 
portion. Uh, I've got 1998 Ole Miss, Texas Tech. Uh, Independence Bowl. Deuce McAllister returns the onside kick for a touchdown. I was waiting for that a moment a, to bring that up. That was going to be my my moment. That was a fun one. Like that was super fun. Like yeah. Ole Miss was leading, and yeah. then he just makes this crazy athletic play, and it was ball game. That was just cool. That was a very cool moment. I thought uh, the other one I had, the only other one I had was the Ole Miss Miami Super Regional. Mark Wright home run down three, three run homer to tie. Stadium went insane. Uh, of course, almost ends up losing. Yeah, they lost the roof. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they yeah. lost the roof. But well, I didn't mention that. It was the one – we're looking for singular moments here. And so those were kind of the ones that I thought of. Uh, I guess if you can think of some that I didn't yeah, think Drew of. Yeah, Drew Pomeranz coming back on short rest and pitching that gym on Monday. That's true. That's true. But that's not a singular moment though, right? Is it? It's like, like a, a singular – maybe it is. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, uh, Mike going to get in the ball from him after he completely shuts down that game on his own, on short reg, th- that was like 140 pitches, something insane, completely irresponsible, but he did it. Yeah, yeah. So, But I get it. Was, it's not like a singular moment, I understand. Yeah. Right. So I guess this summer, be looking for that. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe one of those will make the cut. I'm not sure if they went out and asked other people to do it as well. But I think that kind of covers it. So like are you a, asking may, Ole Miss fans to bring you their own singular moments? That like you if I'm not, here? Uh, don't at me. Don't at me on Twitter. I don't want to hear your, I don't know. Just, it call, yeah, it, Ben probably hasn't been bothered enough on the message boards in the last week or so since the whole kneeling thing. So at him, like send him your suggestions. You should see my mentions. I don't even want to know. I, don't, it's a, I bet you it's a bloodbath. I don't want to see it. When I saw them kneel, I immediately looked over at Parrish Offer and I said, <laughs> I, I, I don't want those th- that smoke in my mentions. I just don't – I don't want it. I'm not taking the picture. I'll, I'll let somebody else. Neil took, Neil bit the bullet and did it. Good on okay, him. He, hey, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, Take one for the team. Yeah, no. I He's not an Ole Miss fan, though, so that helps. Well, I mean, I don't really <laughs> – Hi, Neil. I love you. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, not, yeah, whatever. This is yeah. Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bunky Perkins. So – Outside of doing this in your preparation for the SEC Network, what else you got going on right now? Not a whole lot. Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, the flu probably, and the strep going through my house? Right, right. And my house, too. Um, that doesn't get a lot of mention, uh, probably on most of the Ole Miss uh, uh, sporting websites, is the Ole Miss golf team. So I have taken a – Oh, my uh, God, Bunky. Oh, my God. No, I've taken I've taken a vested interest in our in our oh, rebel golf. Oh, team. I know. Yeah, and so um, they've got a big tournament coming up on the weekend in beautiful Cabo San Lucas. Uh, but uh, so basically, I've been kind of helping Coach Malloy and the program with just some branding stuff and some marketing stuff for the team. And one of the things that I was working on was uh, kind of coming up with an Ole Miss-centric golf logo. Because if you don't know, if you don't follow college golf, you probably wouldn't know this. But um, most of the really big programs, most successful programs have like their own golf logo. So like Oklahoma State has something called the Swingy Pete. So it's the Pete logo, the, the, you know, the guy with the cowboy hat, and he's swinging a golf club. It's super popular. Uh, Alabama's got one, LSU's got one, uh, you know, so a lot of the major programs. So we wanted to do one for Ole Miss. So 
Uh, I had a friend of mine who is the artist for a lot of the ESPN shows uh, do a mock-up for us. And so what he came up with has since been dubbed the Swinging Land Shark. Uh, it is a, uh, a cartoon, uh, uh, obviously, land shark with swinging a golf club. So it, I think it looks awesome. He did a great job on it. So uh, as it stands right now, the uh, golf team is the only one that has the they have hats basically that that have the logo on it. So what I think Coach Malloy is going to do is start uh, selling that selling stuff with that logo on it, uh, hats, shirts. I'm not really sure what he's planning to do it, but do it kind of through the booster club uh, that he's trying to get together uh, to basically benefit just the Ole Miss golf program. So. As that kind of takes form, I'm sure if I'm, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll kind of find out what the story is there. But uh, pretty cool, just a little something to help maybe a program that, I mean, has a ton of potential, obviously. But uh, uh, I'm just happy to, uh, you know, Chris and his staff and those kids that, that play for him are, are great guys. And, and so I kind of wanted to help them out where I could. That is the most frat thing ever that you're this vested in Ole Miss golf. It's very fratty. And I'm looking and I love forward. those dudes. Let me just say that like Chris Malloy is a great dude. And he's been on this podcast multiple times. Love the guy to death. It's just hilarious that of all the things to draw Bunky in golf is what you gravitated towards. Well, look, Ben, I'm getting older <laughs> and you know, like most dads, all I have in life is uh, my kids getting sick and watching golf tournaments on Sunday. So, uh, that's God, you what, and Chase Palmer living the same life. Yeah, look, I'm just on brand uh, for for that dad life, and so uh, I wanted to help uh, Coach Malloy out. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you know they're t- they're ranked in the top 50 uh, right now, which is it's a good spot for them and. Um, the uh, NCAA championships this year are right in my backyard in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So um, I'm hoping to see the uh, Rebel Golf Boys uh, in Northwest Arkansas here in a couple months. But yeah, so I'll let you know. I'll let everybody know about the. Uh, uh, I've had a ton of people actually reach out on Twitter and other places. Uh, oh, you hit me buy- up about one of these hats, and then just went dark. No, you didn't. You never responded back to me. Yes, I did. I've got the DM response recorded and looking at it right now on Twitter. Uh, yeah, but you know, a, a couple. I'll say this: some people outside of the program did get them. Very few. Very few. Um, My response I, yeah. on January eighteenth, two thousand nineteen, was, "Dude, that's sharp. Gonna need to cop one for sure." That's terrible grammar, but then, that's what I said. But then, but then you went dark. You didn't tell me whether you actually wanted one. Said, here's my address. Here's 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 the money for the hat. None of that. I didn't know any of that. I thought you, that you being uh, the proprietor of these hats were going to provide the information. Let's just agree to disagree that, or not just agree that you look, failed look, here. I, I'm, 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 I'm promising on this podcast right now that when the next round of Swinging Landshark uh, paraphernalia is released, you – I may drive to Oxford and hand deliver it. If you can make a short sleeve pullover, I will buy one this minute. What are you, a softball coach? (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Well, this is what my morning has been like. I've been, I'm working Ole Miss fan on an Ole Miss basketball update. It should be up on the spirit, spirit.com, the website that I write for this afternoon. I'm caring for a six year old who has the flu and strep. And I texted with Marshall Henderson this morning. He is in Dallas and he hit me up randomly and he's going to be on this podcast after the last regular season game, uh, basketball game that is, going into the SEC tournament. He's working on getting into the big three. Have you heard of that? 
I did. I did. I saw where the big three was yeah. kind of lowering the age limit. So, like, I think it was all guys that had, had retired from the NBA. And Corey now Maggette, to... Jermaine, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Richard Lewis, Baron Davis, Kenyon Martin, Meta World Peace, Nate Robinson. Yeah, Marshall's trying to get right. in there. Right. But I think now they're lowering the age limit. So, like, it's guys that were, like, you remember from college that maybe have been playing overseas or something like that. And, and uh, so, yeah, if, if, uh, uh, young Marshall makes the cut. That would be. Uh, I would buy a ticket. Would you buy a Marshall Henderson Big Three jersey? I mean, if they are, they're, if they're available, I, I would absolutely buy one. If I got one of those, could I trade you for a short sleeve swinging shark pullover? We'll have to talk offline. We'll have oh, to okay. talk oh, offline. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> got to get to Chuck Ronsville. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bunky Perkins at Bunky Perkins. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions as well as in iTunes. Same thing. Just search Talk of Champions and hit that subscribe button and also review button and tell us what you think of the podcast, Talk of Champions in iTunes, SoundCloud. Working to get it back on Rebel Sports Radio. Could have a resolution answer for you pretty soon, so be on the lookout for that and much, much more as far as this podcast is concerned. And David Johnson, who is the former co-host of this podcast, his podcast kicks off tomorrow, so check that out as well. I don't know what it's called, but it should be a good one. And, uh, be on the lookout for that as well. But Chuck Ronsville has been out to practice. Ole Miss football is now knee-deep in spring football practice. I think the second one is this afternoon at 4 p.m. Chuck Ronsville providing the spring football practice report. Clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go. All right, enough messing around. Huh? Let's play this game. Let's play some football. It's first team all state. I can put the ball wherever I want to. I'll make it rain out here. Hot route! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? I like this kind of party! It's that time of year again. Spring football is in the air. And my publisher at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, Chuck Ronsville, is out there every single day. Ole Miss had its first practice on Tuesday, on this Thursday, second practice at 4 p.m. Chuck, can you feel it? Can you feel the energy? Yeah, well, you know, uh, this is my 37th, Ben, so, you know, (laughs) 37th spring. I've been to more springs than you've been alive, so... (laughs) <laughs> but but no, I, with the new staff uh, or relatively new staff with uh, new coordinators, new tight end coach, new linebacker coach, uh, there's always in a, you know eleven transfers or, or, or mid year signees in here. It's always an air of excitement to see the new part. It's definitely new. I know there's not a lot to take away from the first practice because it's a glorified walkthrough, but I, I would. S- assume that with the new coaching staff there's a new energy about it at least as far as approach is concerned could you tell a difference oh there's no question let me tell you something rich rodriguez the offensive coordinator is one intense dude i'm telling you um and that goes down all the way to the the poor managers and ball boys that work on the offensive side of the ball they they better get their stuff together man or uh you know he he's going to let them know it, and uh, he coaches hard, uh, but he's fair, and uh, I think the players are responding. Now, Mike is not as vocal. Mike McIntyre, defensive coordinator, is not as vocal as Rich, but he's just as intense. I mean, uh, 
you know, it's just one of those deals where I was a little worried, to be honest with you. They've been head coaches for so long. You wonder, well, have they lost that fire or, you know, <laughs> no, don't worry about that. They're going to cross all the T's and dot all the I's and, and doing it in an intense, uh, focused manner. The second guest on Talk of Champions today is Wayne Dorsey, and I asked him when I recorded the interview, you know, his defense coordinator was Tyrone Nix. What can these players expect, these new defenders for Ole Miss football expect with Ty Nix as an assistant coach? And he talked about the fire and, and how intense he is, but it comes from a place of he's trying to get you better. Do you see the same Ty Nix you saw back when he was at Ole Miss in the late 2000s? No question. This, you know, he and Calvin McGee, the new tight end coach, they're, they're both grizzled veterans. I mean, they, they know what it takes, and they know the buttons to push with kids. They've been doing this a long time. They had not forgotten what to do, uh, you know, and they they bring that same type of Rich Rodriguez, Mike McIntyre intensity to the table. Uh, and, you know, they, these guys will benefit from all four of those new coaches. There's no question about that. And uh, I can see already just a, a change in the approach. And, and I'm not knocking former approaches. I'm just saying this one is going to be extremely intense and extremely focused from all four of the new coaches and the returning guys. I mean, you know, Derek Nix, Jacob Peeler. Those uh, Jack Bicknell, those guys don't leave any stones unturned. So I think the, the team's in good hands from a coaching perspective. It, it feels like this team needed that. They're starting over in many respects as far as this has more of a 2012 feel to it than any of the years that came after 2012. To, to really be in a place where your personnel is different, uh, all of the NCAA stuff is gone, a drastically new approach and a more focused and intense approach could suit this team well because that's what you're going to need to dig out of this. Oh, I, th- I think you're exactly – you nailed it. I mean, uh, it, it it does have a 2012 feel to it. Uh, you know, an underdog type of feel, uh, uh, us against the world type feel, and a new feel, you know, a, a new look, a new a new approach, a new direction. And I think it's, it's a great analogy, 2012. When you look around, who are the dogs out there as far as players are concerned? There's no A.J. Brown – being the loudest player in the room, who can be those guys? Are, are any of those guys emerging already? Uh, you know, on defense, I I, I didn't see uh, a lot because they didn't really run any team drills. They were doing more station-to-station stuff. But, you know, my early indication is this this defense is Momo Sonogo's defense. Uh, he's got a Sean Cobb type of uh, – aura about him, a mystique or whatever you want to call it, a savvy about him that uh, I just think he's going to end up being the leader by by virtue of his position and by his personality. I mean, usually you want your middle or inside linebackers to be your, your leaders, your guys, the quarterback of the defense, and he certainly is in the middle of the, of the, of the scrum, plus he's got that personality. And uh, he was out there, boy, I tell you, uh, Ben, he was out there with a club on his hand, reminiscent of Patrick Willis one year when Patrick broke his hand. Uh, Momo had a wrist surgery in the off season, and they're just protecting it with a club. And I thought, wow, man, you know, that's, that's so cool that uh, he's got that and Patrick had that. If he could be close to the player Patrick Willis was, we'd have a gym, wouldn't we? Oh, all I could think was that reminds me, Patrick Willis, 
um, his defenses, it was effectively, oh, it's Patrick and everybody else, right? You know, that, that's yeah. what you look. You, you saw Patrick Willis in the club and then all the dudes around him. I don't know if Momo's quite like that, but you're right. That does have a similar vibe to it. Am I crazy and not overly optimistic to think that Kadir Shepard is an outside linebacker in a 3-4 could be more effective than Kadir Shepard is a 4-3 uh, defensive end? No, but I, I tell you the one that I really think stepping up is Chuck Wiley. Um, a tr- he's a tremendous athlete, and and I think that being an outside linebacker is going to utilize his athletic ability uh, more than being a defensive end. Now, Kadir, yeah, I, I agree with you. But the one that stuck out to me the other day, and, and another one that kind of stuck out to me physically, even though I didn't get to see him do a lot, was Sam Williams, the mid-year JUCO. Uh, all three of those guys at outside linebacker, to me, look like uh, re- real winners there. Uh, no question about it. As far as the defensive line is constructed, is it Benito Jones at nose tackle or is it Josiah Cotney? And whoever it isn't at nose tackle, is the defensive end transition one that can be made more smoothly than one would think? Actually, Benito and Josiah, from what I saw, now they're both in green jerseys signifying injury. Um Josiah's got a little shoulder injury, but he's supposed to be some contact in a week or two. But they were both playing defensive end. And Sear David at nose tackle and uh, K.D. Hill at nose tackle. I was surprised, to be honest with you. I thought either Benito or Josiah would be at the nose tackle or nose guard position, whatever you want to call it. But they were both playing defensive end. And so was Ryder Anderson. And um, well, they're going that route, looks like. That's strange because then you'd think that um... – they're, they'd be having a plan in place as far as maybe a, one of the signees coming in that would play at nose tackle, but I don't know who that would be. Is it really realistic to think that Sincere David's going to be the nose tackle by the time season rolls around? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question, but they're sure they're sure giving it that look. Uh, they're sure giving it a try early on, and we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I'm telling you now, Sincere's 335 pounds now, and – I started seeing him come around a little bit last year. Now, I don't know if he's come around enough to be the anchor of a defensive line in the SEC, but, we're, you know, he's he's fixing to get that opportunity, I'm going to tell you that. Offensively, you know it starts with Matt Crowell and Scotty Phillips, but the offensive line's got a lot of work as far as replacing guys, specifically the entire left side of the offensive line. Does Royce Newman need to be the left tackle and, and Chandler Tewitt yeah, need so. to be the left guard? Uh, I don't know about Chandler yet. Um, Chandler's got to come on. I think I think there's four guys that have solidified themselves, regardless of position, and that's uh, Alex Givens, who's now playing right tackle, uh, Royce playing left tackle, uh, Ben Brown right guard, and Eli Johnson at center. I really think that left guard is a is is open, um, and I think you might see Bryce Matthews move in there. Uh, Chandler just hasn't quite gotten it yet. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. And the same can hold true with Hamilton Hall and Jalen Cunningham. One of those three kind of really needs to come out. And and it may be too early for Jalen and Hamilton. They're they're just second-year guys. They're redshirt freshmen. But uh, certainly Chandler needs to step up. And if not, you know, I think you're looking at Bryce Matthews. But they need a third tackle. And that's what the role that Bryce Matthews has been is playing so far. So I, I don't know. I, I'm a little concerned about the depth and the 
left guard in the starting position of the offensive line. The wide receivers, you know what you have with Elijah Moore in the slot. Is Miles Battle ready to take that next step to fill one of those outside wide receiver spots? I think it'll be Miles and Braylon on one side. Then I think you'll have the two signees, two of the signees, and, and Demarcus Gregory, uh, uh, Dontario Drummond. The backup slot situation is the concern right now that I see. Uh, maybe they have a solution for it in either, you know, Jaden Jackson or uh, Braylon Sanders moving in there to help Elijah Moore. Uh, but uh, Coach Peeler's got – you know, some decisions to make there. He's got six or seven good candidates, but where he's going to plug them in is going to be his key for the spring. Well, I'm going to have you on here every so often during spring football to give the update on what's going on because I'm not out there. It's you and David. If you look ahead, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you want to know what spring football is all about, when will it start to ramp up as far as developments and position battles or maybe guys positioning themselves for the fall when does spring football in your 37 years really start to ramp up after how many practices oh after spring break um they'll have five or six practices before spring break uh getting in all their installs they'll have a two or three days of pads but it really cranks up after spring break so that's that's when i'm really going to tune in because that's when kids will be really jockeying for playing time and, and positioning themselves, trying to win positions, and uh, that's when it gets more fun. What player needs to have the best spring? Like, who needs to get out of this and say, okay, he's made his mark, he's ready to go? Well, I think, obviously, Matt Corral is, yeah. is the guy that, that I – I mean, quarterbacks make everything go in the SEC, so he's the guy that I want to see mature and, and get his emotions under control and – uh, adrenaline under control. He's he, to me. He's uh, he's a young Chad Kelly, and uh, you know Kelly had issues in the early part of his collegiate career of being able to control his emotions and things like that. And that's what Matt's going to have to do. And if he can do that, he's going to be fine because he's got all the tools. But he's the guy I'm going to look at closely. And then of course there's other positions. Left guarded offensive line is is critical. Um, backup tight end, you know, you got Octavius Cooley and Pellerin out there right now, but can Pellerin really do the job that they want done? We'll see. You know, he's good in the, in the passing game, but obviously we want to see if he can block, uh, then on defense, uh, you know, there's a myriad of things, uh, both safety slots, uh, both of them are gone. Who's going to emerge? It's going to be Haynes, the Juco guy, or guys that were already here like Cam White and CJ Miller. Um, those those two positions going to be critical, and then how uh, Kadir Shepard and uh, Charles Wiley adjust to being outside linebackers rather than uh, defensive ends. He's Chuck Ronsville, my publisher at the Ole Miss Spirit, providing the spring Ole Miss football practice report. Thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again. Yeah, brother. Every time, every week, we're going to do it. That was Chuck Ronsville, my publisher at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate 247 Sports. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bunky Perkins. Do you pay attention to spring football? No. At all? Why? No. I mean, I, I guess know. I would if somebody got hurt, but other than that, I, no. I'm uh, strictly a golf guy now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're so old. You're so old. I thought I would get more of a reaction out of you that I've been texting Marshall. I, I thought I'd have to say, hey, uh, Bunky Perkins says hello, to, wait, to which his response would probably be like, who? What? Who? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You, buddy, I, y- y'all communicated listening. a little bit on Twitter, though, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. At one point we did. And in fact, um, 
I think maybe SB Nation may be trying to work a little something with him to do a, a, some sort of uh, feature either on him or maybe on – I don't know what. I, I had uh, – kind of facilitated a, a connection between Marshall and, and SB Nation. So I don't know what's going on with that. Well, Marshall is going to be on this podcast after the last regular season game leading the SEC tournament. So be on the lookout for that. And also the campaign to get him in the big three. What can, can that happen? Can we get Marshall Henderson in the big three? I think it would be fascinating. We'll see. But spring football practice is well underway. Tyrone Nix is the newest addition to the staff. No update right now on the uh, next hire and what will be the last hire for Matt Luke this offseason. Uh, when we do have an update, obviously we'll provide that for you here on Talk of Champions as well as the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com. But what can Ole Miss defenders expect out of Tyrone Nix? Well, Wayne Dorsey knows. He's a former Ole Miss defensive end, former five-star Juco prospect. Also, how did he get to Ole Miss? I asked him all these things. It's Wayne Dorsey. This is Talk of Champions. Joining me now on the Chinese Pharmacy phone line is former Ole Miss defensive end Wayne Dorsey. Wayne, back home in Baltimore, coaching for all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. At Cheney's Pharmacy, you get the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, ChaneysePharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. My friend, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. It's been a while. It's probably been a while since any Ole Miss fans really heard from you. Tell the people what you're up to. Uh, you know, adulting. <laughs> uh, it's been a minute since uh, I played at Ole Miss, uh, you know, just being an adult, uh, actually working in cybersecurity and Coaching uh, one of the premier high school, coaching at one of the premier high school uh, football programs in the country, not just the East Coast. So, you know, I'm blessed. Life is good, man. Where are you coaching? Who are the top prospects for the Ole Miss Recruitniks out there? And is Wayne Dorsey, former Ole Miss defensive end, putting Ole Miss in the ear of any of these kids? <laughs> you know, uh, well, the, the, the school is uh, St. Francis Academy in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And, uh, you know, mentioning one of those kids will do a disservice to a whole bunch of those kids. So I tell the Ole Miss recruitniks to actually just go and take a look. Um, it's a long list of kids that I believe that will be playing in the SEC and, and more than a few that will have the opportunity to play on Sunday. I wouldn't tell any of those kids that, but I, I, I would always encourage them to keep working and, and whatnot. But we've got a lot of talent, and, um, you know, I would love for them to, uh, you know, maybe a few of them to end up at Ole Miss, hopefully. When's the last time you actually recruited someone, though? It's probably been a little while. Uh, I think the last guy I recruited might have been C.J. Odenzo um, in my Ole Miss days. Haven't really done the recruiting thing that like that since then. Were you one of those guys that when the kids came on campus, the recruits I'm talking about, you were one of like the star hosts? Kentrell always talks about this. Whenever Ole Miss needed <laughs> a player, they put Kentrell on it. Were you that guy? <laughs> no, nah, 40 was the mouthpiece, man. <laughs> I think I think they pushed everybody towards 40. They pushed me towards 40. And, uh, you know, 40 has got a good way of selling whatever he wants to get sold. Um, and, 
and he'll make he'll make uh <laughs> he'll make anything seem like gold. Um, well, I wouldn't even say seem like, but he'll sell it the way it should be sold. Um, and uh, 40's good at that. I wasn't so much that guy. I was just more so like anything else. Anybody that knows me, just a laid back guy. That uh, if you ask me, I'm gonna give you the truth about the situation and uh, tell it like it is. And I think most people respect that about me. If anyone can't tell by now, Wayne's a really chill dude. He always has been. Never been the boisterous, obnoxious person that Contrell is, or even myself. So <laughs> it, it, it's funny that all these years later, we're still friends, you and Forty still friends, because it's just not your personality to be all up out there. Ole Miss, though, for you, what is the relationship like now? Uh, you know, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is still a very special place to me. Um, you know, when you experience Ole Miss, you know exactly what it is. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a place that you can only put in the words with your own eyes. You know, you can only experience it. And, uh, even just telling it, like I've, I've told it to a few of the players that I interact with, um, about Ole Miss and I, I can never really put it into good words. I can never really put the Grove into good words. It's something that you should, is only, that should only be experienced, you know, um, as of now, um, I, I haven't been back to Ole Miss in years, so I can't say I have a relationship with anybody at Ole Miss right now, but I think I'll be looking to head back one day soon, hopefully. When I look at your career, it's interesting because the first year up and down, the second year you were terrorizing the SEC, then you get hurt. Everything was in front of you. You thought that senior year you were going to ball out, you were going to get drafted, end up signing a free agent deal with the Oakland Raiders. When you look back on your Ole Miss career, what do you think of it? Do you think – dang it, man, if this wouldn't have happened, I'd have been here. Is there any regrets or anything like that? Or do you think uh, it, it just went as it was, that you kind of rolled with the punches? It just went as it was. You can't help how the cards go. And um, I don't have any regrets um, about anything. Uh, I put my best foot forward, and um, I put everything into my senior year, which is why the results showed. And uh, just, you know, just had an unfortunate incident, broke my forearm, and, you know, that's just how, the, how it went. Um, had an opportunity with Oakland. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, that's all you can, you can ever ask for is an opportunity. Just like you ask for an opportunity at a school like Ole Miss, I got every opportunity that I wanted at the end of the day. And um, I, can, I can be proud of that, you know, even though it might not have shaken out exactly how I wanted it to, per se, going into each situation. I can't be mad that I didn't get the opportunity. It's been a while now, but I have to ask you, you were a five-star coming out of JUCO. You and D-Jack were both highly coveted kids. Why Ole Miss? What was your recruitment like? My recruitment was, indeed, it was it was crazy. All the way down until the day I signed with Ole Miss. Um, I, I talked to just about every defensive coordinator and every D-line coach I ever wanted to talk to, including uh, Bobby Bowden and... Florida State probably was the other school I really looked at hard coming out. I loved Ole Miss. Um, I, I believe in what Coach Nutt was building there. And um, also the kind of defensive coordinator Coach Nix was. Uh, I believed in him. I loved his toughness. And I loved what he brought to uh, defense. And I believed in Coach Price. And um, the list of guys he's gotten, the list of defensive ends he's gotten ready for the league, and also they, they graduated three DNs at my position. You know, I knew the playing time was going to be there and in the best conference in America with Tillman and Jihardi and uh, Manuel Stevens graduating, and they bring it back, you know, Jarrell Poe, Lawan Scott, Taylor Rent, and 
40. You know, I don't I just don't know many DNs that would be able to pass that situation up, you know, on top of having a, an explosive offense with, you know, Coach Nut leading them and BB and, you know, Bob and Brad and all the receivers and backs, you know, that we had. It was just it was too good of a situation to pass up, in my opinion. And, um, you know, with DJ going there with me, I just I just felt like it was it was the best situation for me. Um, you know, unfortunately, it didn't it didn't quite work out that first year how we all anticipated it would. And that's, you know, that's just life. Took that on the chin, especially me. I don't think anybody took that season harder than I did. And I went back to the drawing board and went back to the basics and worked on me, worked on my body and got in as good a shape mentally prepared as I could to attack the problems that we had. And, you know, it's, it, it still didn't work out quite as well, but, you know, that's his life. And I can say I don't have any regrets from making the choice and I don't have any regrets from this season because I gave everything I, I could, though, Miss. I mean, man, I got a, a scar that I look at every day from Ole Miss, you know, um, two plates and 20 screws from what I gave the Ole Miss. So, uh, and, and even with that, still no regrets. Okay, so I put you on one end and Kentrell on the other end. I say both of you are only going to get one blocker. Who gets to the quarterback first? Come on, man. Of course I do. Oh. <laughs> I know oh. Forty would say the same thing, man. You know, that's one thing I loved about playing with Forty, man. The kind of guy you could love personally and that you can compete with on a on a level that would bring the best out of both of you. Um, another reason why I chose Ole Miss, I knew that 40 and he even me and 40 had the same birthday. It's so many things. You go through the recruiting process and you you, you kind of pray for well, I did. I prayed for signs and I prayed for all types of things. And I, I saw I got so many signs from what I what I felt like was from God. 40 in itself was the biggest sign. Us having the same birthday and us like literally clicking like like brothers from the first moment we actually saw each other. Another one was I was in uh, Pennsylvania at a mall and just randomly when I was in JUCO on my break. And I was in a shoe store with a lady friend of mine, <laughs> like a women's shoe store. I was in there and I was like, man, I need to get out of here. I had a, a Gulf Coast hoodie on. It's the middle of December. And uh, he says, uh, is that Gulf Coast, Mississippi? I look at him and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like nervous to answer. He's like, well, if that's Gulf Coast, Mississippi, you must be Wayne Dorsey. And I, was, I looked at him, I was like, nah, <laughs> nah, that's not me. <laughs> and he says, choose Ole Miss, man. You got to come to Ole Miss. And I looked at him again, He was, and he, he pulled me to the side. He said, pointed to his wife. He said, you see her right there? It's so many more of her down there. And he said, no offense to your lady friend or nothing, but hey, you can leave her here. Like, you got, you got plenty to choose from at Ole Miss. And I looked at him and I said, man, but I walked away from that, like, that was that was one of the big signs too. Like, man, I'm I'm in the middle of Pennsylvania, or almost in Philadelphia, really just enjoying my my, my winter break, and uh, hadn't chose Ole Miss yet, but was leaning that way and meet a, a Ole Miss guy in the middle of Pennsylvania that knew who I was off of Gulf Coast hoodie. So I felt like the universe was pushing me in that direction. So it's interesting too. You mentioned Ty Nix. He's now back at Ole Miss as linebackers coach, hired a week or so ago. And if you're a current Ole Miss football player, defender is what I'm speaking of specifically. If 
I were to ask you, Wayne, what can I, Ole Miss defensive lineman, linebacker, defensive back, expect out of Ty Nix and how he'll coach me and what to expect from his demands as a former defensive coordinator, you would say? Oh, man, you're going to get somebody that's going to be fiery. He's going to be in your pocket every day. He's going to challenge you every day to be the best of you. You know, when you sit down and actually have the conversations with Coach Nix, talking to a really knowledgeable guy that knows the game in X's and O's, unlike a lot of people in the game. A lot of people say that they know football. But uh, one thing you can say about T. Nix is that he knows football and he knows defense. I appreciated my time with Coach Nix. I actually learned a lot from him. I never even really got a chance to say thank you for my time there. I'm hoping that I can get down to Ole Miss and tell him face-to-face. Now, as a man, you know, thank you uh, for my time, my experience up under him, because, you know, that was a tough time, you know, going through, you know, the, the season that we went through. But, you know, you, you learn a lot of lessons from other men that push you to be better men um, through those type of uh, situations and scenarios. What was your go-to move to get to the quarterback? Uh, my go-to was a, was a speed rip or uh, a stab chop. Mostly just, you know, being 6'6", trying to get on the edge and to try to influence tackles to give me they, give me their hands and, and, and get around them. Toughest Ole Miss offensive lineman you went against? Ah, man, no disrespect to none, none of those, but they were, they were both good. I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even disrespect them. Bob and Brad were, I say both of them were actually really good. And that's, I mean, that's the reason why they're still, still playing. Proof is in the pudding. People that keep playing are good players. Period. That's too diplomatic. You know, when I asked Kentrell that exact same question, he said Brad was an asshole, and Brad was on the <laughs> podcast with him when he said it, and then he mentioned no, how I, I, Bob was tough for him. Bob was tough. <laughs> okay, so I'll agree. I'll agree with him on that. I, I, you know, you ask about good players. They're both good players. I would say Brad is definitely an asshole. Um, <laughs> and, but... Brad, Brad uses that, that chip and that asshole to make him better, you know? Um, and, and he's the type of guy that'll get under your skin. And before you know it, you, you're out of your game. You can't even, you know, set him up or try to go with the game plan because you, you, you're worried about kicking his ass. Bob was more of a technician. It's all, it was always fun competing with Bob uh, because he was really physical. Actually just didn't know what you were going to get from him every time he gave you a set. So... I, I enjoyed competing with both of those guys, uh, but I, w- I would definitely agree with Forty that uh, Brad was an asshole for sure. Um, sometimes straddling the line of going too far. Um, I love for both of those guys. Any player you almost threw hands with during practice? I, I threw hands with both of those guys. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's all love, though. It's you know, like I said, especially in camp. You go too far sometimes, or you feel like you've gone too far. You, you you get pushed a little bit once too many times, you know, and and you know that 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 switch flips and you say, "Hey man, you touch me again." <laughs> yeah, and it, and it goes down like that. So I never that, took you. I never just, took you for much of a fighter, though. Those those Mississippi, uh, those those summer Mississippi August middle of August days bring some stuff about you, man. <laughs> It'll bring some stuff about you. All right, last one here. You got a number of Ole Miss Rebels, well, now former Ole Miss Rebels like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, all going into the NFL. You got your cup of coffee with the Oakland Raiders. If you had to give them any advice as to what they can expect 
when they go to OTAs, when they go to training camps, when they're those guys are going to be first rounders, second rounders. They're not going to have to fight for a roster spot. But what are the demands from them once they get into camp? What advice could you instill upon them of what to expect? Those guys, being as though they're going to get drafted, they, they're going to get a, a whole different set of leeway. And nobody's going to be able to touch them until probably <laughs> training camp, not even get close to them. But I would still say come in and be a student of the game and, uh, you know, absorb everything football. And that includes uh, the playbook. That includes just getting to know coaches, you know, getting to know people that, you know, you know that you need to be dependent on the best you, you know, for, the, for those wide receivers, you know, the, the quarterbacks be up under them and be up under all of the coaches that are associated with them being the best them. Get familiar with your environment because being comfortable in your environment is just as important to being successful. I would say that. Now, guys that might not that have to fight for a roster spot um, like I did, I would say from day one, just be full tilt. Everything's got to be done 110%. Full speed, defensive guys chase down the ball. No, no matter how far away it is, chase it down, tag off on it. And all those things show up. Those things show up. You know, effort always shows up on tape. So, you know, you're, you, got, you sound yeah. like a coach now. Can I say that to you? You know, <laughs> I think I was already groomed for this type of stuff, man. It, it actually comes pretty natural. I, you you I wear it well. You like wear it well. I'll give it to you. You wear it well. You sound like a coach. You've always talked diplomatically. But I still got out of you that you threw hands with Brad and Bob. So, <laughs> look, I've done my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're a troublemaker, man. I'm sure I'm going to hear from one or both of those guys about that. <laughs> yeah, probably so. He's former Ole Miss defensive end Wayne Dorsey. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Let's talk soon. Yeah, no problem, man. Definitely. Let's talk soon. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. That was former Ole Miss defensive end Wayne Dorsey. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bunky Perkins. Did you enjoy your first fill-in experience as the guest co-host on Talk of Champions? And are you willing to come back and do it again? I can be persuaded. I enjoyed I enjoyed my time here. Uh, always a uh, uplifting experience uh, <laughs> talking to you, Benjamin. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. I hope they fill you, up your mentions, though. I do. I hope they fill up your mentions. Uh, don't please don't at me. Uh, please. I just, you live for yeah, that. Your, your likes are insane. I mean, you've, you've liked about, what, 100,000 things at this point? I mean, you love Twitter. You're a Twitter whore. I mean, I have it open when I'm um, at the office and sometimes at home. And it just, you know, it's there in front of me. So for the entire day? Pretty much. I mean, I don't, you know, <laughs> don't want to miss anything. God, for, God forbid actually getting work done. What's the longest amount of time in the last year in which you haven't perused Twitter? 
I mean, I think I went on vacation like in September. There might have been a couple days there where I didn't didn't really jump on at all during the weekends. During the weekends, I'm I, I, I'm not on a ton because I, I really just don't have it in front of me very much. But so you don't have to check it every hour. No, 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 no. Okay, you don't have the sickness yeah. I thought you did then. Okay. No, no, no. And, and in fact, I've stated this, and this is the truth. The day that Houston Nutt gets another coaching job, if that ever happens, is the day I leave Twitter. I will, I will delete my account. And you'll never hear from me. Again. That will never happen. So you will. Uh, well, but that's why I'm promising that. That's a guarantee. That's a Houston Nutt guarantee. Is what that is. I got sent an email from Twitter, which I didn't know was a thing, and I got mad about it. So I immediately cut off those notifications, and I don't want that crap. But it told me I'd been on Twitter for nine years, and I thought, holy God, what have I done with my life? Nine yeah, I, years? I don't even want to look. I, yeah. I think mine's probably like that as well. Yeah. Uh, let's just, yeah. You're about to hit a decade on Twitter. What do you? That's feel embarrassing. Yeah, I know. I, I'm embarrassed for myself, frankly. I'm embarrassed at, for all of you. If you follow me, I'm embarrassed for you. At Bunky Perkins, at Spirit Ben, Talk of Champions, and iTunes, SoundCloud, the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, and for the 247 Sports. Thanks, man. Let's talk again. Absolutely. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.